0: Welcome to the Force of Habit podcast, a kick-ass space for the woman of color on her journey to becoming the most powerful version of herself. Here, we talk all things mindset, routine, and transformation. I'm your host, Chantel Taylor, nutritionist and weight loss coach. Come hang out with me, girl. grab your headphones, or blast me on your morning commute. This space is just for you. Here we grow. What's up, ladies, and welcome, welcome back to a brand spanking new episode, of course, of Habit. As always, I hope your week has been everything you needed it to be and more. My husband and I just got back from our quick trip to LA. We had an absolute fall. My husband had fun, which is like really all that matters to me. So it was a really great trip, but I could not get my energy up for anything. Like It has been in the absolute gutter. <laughs> The time difference in LA is only two hours, but the way my body feels right now, you would have thought we jetted off to Paris and back. February has like already been a weird, like energetic month for me anyway. Kelsey's birthday was a few days ago on the 2nd, and I don't think I ever really emotionally recovered. Her anniversaries, like her birthday and her passing date are always weird like I always feel good coming up to them, and then when the day is actually here, it's very, very emotional for me, and it always takes me a few days to kind of um, bounce back, but I feel like I, I'm not bouncing back, so it's um, difficult, and if you're new here and you have no idea who Kelsey is, Kelsey is my daughter's biological mom. She passed almost two years ago um, in childbirth, and so we have been navigating losing her, and we've been grieving for a few years now and like sometimes it feels weird grieving and this is like me being very vulnerable and transparent with you guys but sometimes I feel weird grieving because it's like I used to view myself as like just the stepmom now I'm the adoptive mother of course but it was like when her family is grieving and her widow is grieving and her close 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 friends like you know her childhood friends her college friends that are really close or her sorority sisters are grieving her it's almost like get it together Chantelle. like I almost feel like I don't have the right to um grieve the way I do so heavily and so emotionally because I feel like other people in her life are hurting more um but I also think like sometimes people don't understand like the depth <laughs> of Kelsey's and I's uh relationship I don't even think we understood it we were like the people who are like destined to not like each other because of like societal norms. Um, I remember joking with her one day in the very beginning (laughs) when I first began dating my husband um, and we had like tipped off our co-parenting relationship and I was like, give it time. You'll love me soon enough. She tried so hard (laughs) not to like me. I used to joke with her all the time that I like made her like me because I'm just that awesome. And it's it's kind of true. She used to joke (laughs) about the same thing. Um, She would always be like, Chantal, if you were anybody else, I would hate your guts. And it's like, I know, what can I say? <laughs> but um, it's just hard remembering her on her birthday because, you know, I have Bex here who absolutely remembers her mom. But now she passed when she was five, I think, or maybe six. But now she's almost like this distant memory to her that almost doesn't feel real. And I put pictures up in Bixley's room and we talk about her a lot but it's just I guess it's like a blessing in disguise because maybe that means she won't be as impacted had she like lost her when she was like 10 um but it still kind of really breaks my heart because Kelsey was literally the best mom ever like you look up a picture of like best mom in a book and it's her and so that makes me sad sometimes, um, but I think that's why I'm having a tough time bouncing back in February. Like all of February, my energy has been off. I haven't been really posting a lot. Um, we have It's just been weird. Like I've been sleeping a lot, So, but I, I feel like it's getting back. I've been journaling a lot. Definitely need to bring this up to my therapist. <laughs> but anyway, that's my soapbox moment for today. Hard few weeks on me emotionally, but we are here and we are trucking along. Which really brings me to today's podcast topic, which is why you really have to confront your emotions before you can lose weight for good. And I thought this is a really beautiful thing to kind of bring up and talk about because it's something that I'm kind of currently navigating through. But also, I know that like I know for a fact, a few years ago, had we lost Kelsey and our dynamic was still the same, like our relationship was still the same. I would have ate over all my feelings, I would have coped with food, I would have numbed the pain with like donuts 100%. And lately in nutrition, in my second transparent moment for today, (laughs) we've had a lot of newbies join in January and become really frustrated that my program is not your typical weight loss program. And, you know, maybe other people who have weight loss programs, I don't know who, you know, try to help other people aren't don't talk about this stuff. But I do, because I think it's really important to talk about openly so that one, if you ever decide to join Nutrition, you know exactly what you're getting into. But two, also explain why I do the things the way I do on this podcast and in my program. And, you know, like when we come into Nutrition or when you come into Nutrition, we put a very big focus on mindset and routine before we get to nutrition and tactics, and sometimes it's really uncomfortable for women. They want to come in guns blazing. Like They're like, listen, get to the point. <laughs> I need help with my food right now. And it's like, no, actually you don't. And I always set them up with a quick win. So I always get them to start planning tomorrow today. And almost every single person who starts that sees some initial results. And so that gets them, you know, that kind of takes them to the nutrition. It's like kind of like that, um, that waiting point where as they're going through the mindset and routine trainings, they're seeing some results and then they get to the um, nutrition portion and it's like off to the races. But let me ask you something. How many times have you started a meal plan? Maybe you got on the internet you bought one, who knows, booked a trainer or started a program that like gave you both like virtual workouts and a meal plan. I used to do that too. If I had to guess dozens like you've done that so many times before. And where so many women mess up is they don't stop and ask themselves, why isn't this working? Over 90% of people who try to force themselves to weight loss through severe restriction and deprivation gain their weight back in the first year. And over five years, that number is close to 100%. And yet, you think you will be the anomaly. You think, oh no, Chantelle, the motivation I feel right now is gonna carry me. And it's like, no, the hell, it's not. Sis, at what point do we wake up and we say, this is not working. I need to try something else. I need to try a different way. And a lot of people don't wanna try a different way because they think the different way is slow. And it's like, yeah, maybe it is a little slower. But we have a saying in nutrition, you guys have heard it on the podcast, they hear it every damn week. We always say, I am not interested in, nor do I desire to lose weight, I'll have to lose again. So if that means this way, if I lose weight, it's a tad bit slower and half the times it's not even slower, it's really not. But say it is, if I have to lose weight a little bit slower, to ensure that I don't have to lose it again, and again, and again, and again, the same fucking 10 pounds over and over and over and over again, I'll do that. That's fine. And so again, at what point do we wake up and we say, I need something else. And she, Trishin, is that something else? And this podcast, is that something else? If you notice on this podcast, I don't like dive super deep in the tactical nuances of nutrition and the science of weight loss. I do. So this is something I always explain to my babes in the program and on Instagram too, is like the things that I'm teaching you involve science, like data that's backing it up, right? But I don't lead with that. You want to know why I don't lead with that? It's because you don't fucking care. (laughs) You say you do. But when you are in, you know, your day is busy and you're on the go and you've got a hundred different things, you aren't sitting there thinking about your hormones and how they're firing off in your body and how things are working. You're like, teach me something that I can apply in this moment that's going to help me lose weight. And so I teach you the surface of that without giving you all the, you know, the boring data behind it. I get shit (laughs) all the time about the principles I teach, which is really ironic, right? Because I'm teaching you that you can eat whatever you want and lose weight. But let me tell you guys, I walk through the fire (laughs) for you guys every single week on Instagram and TikTok. And guess what? I have a hefty track record backing up that what I teach works. And I always tell people, it's shady, you know, but I'm a nutritionist. You know, I'm not the Pope. I get smart right back. (laughs) But I always say, hey, you go teach people your way. I'll keep teaching people my way. And then let's come back and compare results. Let's just see who does a little bit better, okay? I'm going to win that competition every single time because there is a science to what I teach. I also apply neuroscience to my program because you cannot change a freaking thing in your life. If you don't understand how your literal brain works, you think you need a meal plan to lose weight. You think you need this cool nutrition strategy, one that you've never heard before. But what you actually need to learn is how to sit with an urge to eat ice cream in the middle of the night to distract yourself from feeling lonely. You need to learn how to decondition the habit of cleaning your plate. You need to create a bedtime routine to set your body up for optimal fat loss. You need to learn how to apply simple weight loss strategies to the meals you don't cook, which is at least 30% of what you eat every single week, according to statistics. Is your boot camp teaching you that? Is that meal plan teaching you that? No, it's not. Now, meal plans, boot camps, and, you know, trainers and all those things, those are vessels, which are absolutely needed. But if you don't know how to steer the ship to make it through the passage, you will crash and sink every single time. And that's what my program teaches. And that's what I teach on this podcast. I teach you how to steer the ship. I don't dangle a meal plan in your face and say, good luck, bro. (laughs) Hope you can follow this. Your emotional life is the root to your weight loss. And if you don't learn how to get in control of that, how to address the thoughts and the feelings that are fueling the actions you are or aren't doing, you will always be stuck exactly where you are right now. So this week on the podcast, I wanted to do a shortened series of the series we are doing in the private podcast inside my program, She and it's called What to Do When You Want to overeat. Something that we go deeper into in nutrition is, you know, not overeating. But we also don't always address the things of like what to do when you want to overeat. When you're conscious of the fact that you are overindulging and how to stop yourself in those moments. So, it's a three part series in my program, but I'm gonna give you the very first episode and talk to you a little bit about the brain science behind overeating and weight loss. I think you will really, really love it. It's only 10 minutes, so it's super quick and to the point, but I think it's gonna be really, really helpful for you today and kind of tie what I've been blabbing on for the last like 10 minutes together. So, let's go ahead and dive right in. This week on the private podcast, I wanted to talk about overeating. It is something that we do talk a lot about inside nutrition, but there is one facet of overeating that I've always found interesting. And I think it's a very large part to our struggles to reduce the amount we do overeat. And that is what the heck do I do when I want to overeat? Now, I do a lot of coaching here in nutrition around this and this idea that sometimes you actually want to overeat. And that looks like, you know, you're sitting down, you're eating, you're aware you're full, like you're completely present and you're like, yes, I am full, but you don't want to stop eating. You're making an active choice to eat past fullness and keep eating. And so like maybe that looks like cleaning your plate or like purposely getting uncomfortably full. Or when you know you aren't hungry because you've asked the question like, am I hungry? And you still walk to the pantry and get a snack. Fully aware of the fact that you are indeed about to overeat. And so sometimes I get questions like, Chantel, what do I do? I can't stop. I know I'm overeating, but I kind of want to in the moment. And first, I just want to say how normal this is and how you aren't broken. This is simply a food habit loop that can be broken if you begin to look at your desire to overeat from a new perspective. So last night I coached on this uh, during like the weight loss coaching call a little bit. We touched on it just a bit, but I wanted to go a little deeper into the concepts and the desire to overeat today. So if this is you, this is going to be a really, really helpful episode. And this will be a, a short series it will be a three part series that we'll do over the next couple of weeks. So first thing is to understand is how our brains are designed to program habits. They like to do the same thing, think the same way, and do not like change because change is scary. Change is unknown. Change is uncomfortable. And your primitive brain, which is the brain that is fear-based and responsible for our survival, likes none of those things. It does not like to be uncomfortable. It does not like the unknown. It does not like scary. They're all perceived as threats. Everything is scary. And so when you have a long day and you use food to escape feeling bored, lonely, stressed, or emotional, and you get a dopamine hit from the taste of food, your primitive brain says, oh my God. So when we're bored, when we're lonely, or we're feeling this uncomfortableness, is that a word? Uncomfortableness? (laughs) We'll just eat because we felt better for a moment when we did that then boom, a food habit loop is created just like that. You just have to do it one time. And so in nutrition, as you're getting present to your urges, you're getting present to your coping mechanisms and the habits that have been conditioned around your food. And you're telling yourself, no, you're sitting with the urges and the uncomfortable feelings that you used to use food to escape from. Your primitive brain is like, what? the fuck is happening. So you begin to have thoughts like, but it tastes so good. It's just a few bites. It's fine. It's not going to hurt anything. You can start over on Monday, which are simply thoughts that your brain is offering up so that you can get that dopamine hit and feel some temporary relief. But you have to train your brain to seek out and find a new reward which is really hard at first. And the first step in doing this is realizing that you don't actually want to overeat. You just don't want to feel bored, lonely, or stressed. Or you want to feel relaxed, at peace, comforted. And so when we realize that food does not give us those things, we give those things to ourselves we begin to look at how we can improve our life outside of food. But first we have to understand and truly know that food is not going to give you comfort. It's not gonna make you feel any less bored, any less lonely, any less stressed, any more relaxed, any more at peace, any more comforted. It's not going to give you those things only you can give yourself those things. Because while you think you want to overeat, we have to begin to look at what's really happening. So when you come home from a long day of work, you eat dinner, you're full, you turn on your favorite show and you begin to have thoughts like I can't really enjoy my show or relax unless I'm eating my snacks, or I'm having some ice cream. This was me. I was the person who would get a meal or like get some snacks. And I would literally wait until I found something I really wanted to watch before I started eating. And so my brain began to associate, oh, when we're watching a show or we're watching TV, we need to be eating something. And so for a really long time while I was watching TV, I had to be eating something. So it didn't matter if me and my husband had just went and got dinner If we came home and we were watching a movie, I needed some snacks. I needed something to eat. And so I really had to get aware of that habit and begin to train myself out of it. And so when you start to have those thoughts, like, again, like, I can't relax unless I have my snacks or I'm eating some ice cream or I can't really relax unless I have a few glasses of wine. And then when you do, your brain is like, ah, now I feel better. But is that actually true. Because our brain is sneaky. Sure, that feels good in the moment. But what's the real story, not the story that's making you comfortable and keeping you right where you are, right? The story that your brain likes to think, the one that's really comfortable, the one that doesn't have to try anything new, try anything scary, air quotes around scary. The real story is you had the snack, it felt good in the moment, but as soon as you were done, not only do you still feel bored or stressed or lonely, but now you've compounded the negative emotions because on top of feeling stressed, bored, or lonely, now you feel guilty. Now you feel ashamed. Now you feel disappointed that you overate. And you likely feel uncomfortable, sick, or bloated from the extra food that your body actually didn't need. So a part of deconditioning the desire to overeat is to tell the real story, which is when I overeat, I still feel the same way, if not worse, after. I actually don't like to overeat because my body doesn't feel good after. I feel more negative emotions. I feel worse. So this week, I just want you to get present to the story you tell yourself when you're beginning to justify taking those extra bites, eating the extra snacks, guzzling the extra wine. And I want you to tell your real story. Do you actually want to overeat? Is that even true? Is it true that it makes you feel better or is the real story is it's just a fleeting temporary moment that feels good for a few moments and then you feel worse after? A big part of the work you'll do with your weight loss and transforming your relationship with food is simply getting aware of your thoughts that are on autopilot and interrupting them, stopping them in their tracks rationalizing with your cognitive brain, and saying, hey, I know we're used to soothing ourselves this way. I know this is how we used to do it, but we aren't doing it this way anymore. We're safe. We can feel bored. We can feel stressed. It's just a feeling. Getting aware is the very first step to changing your overeating habits and stopping the emotional binges and the overeats. So this is step one. I wanted this episode to be very quick, Your only homework this week is to just get aware of the story you're telling yourself and asking, is this true? What are the thoughts that are coming up just before you go to the pantry and grab the extra snacks knowing you're not hungry? What's the story you're telling yourself when you turn on your show and you begin to have urges for ice cream or cookies? get aware of what you're telling yourself. You are telling yourself something and you have to get aware of it so that we can begin to challenge it. And so next week, we're going to do step two, which is all about how we can challenge those thoughts and begin to rewrite a new thought that deconditions the habit of needing to overeat or the desire to overeat. Okay. So step one, get aware of the thoughts and the stories you're telling yourself and ask is